From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. I got my Uncle Funky right next to me. First of all, good morning. Hi. Thank you for all the birthday greetings and salutations. What a marvelous weekend. What a weekend it was for you, huh? Man, it was great. Let's do it again. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) Let's do it again in in another year. (laughs) <laughs> and many, 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 many more. more after that, man. Absolutely, man. We've got um, one of HPD's finest um, on the line uh, who has taken upon himself to combat the negative stigma attached to law enforcement. And uh, he wrote a children's book called Officer Friendly. And he is from one of the more historic uh, neighborhoods in the city out of Studiwood. Uh, always up to some good. <laughs> Man. HPD officer Jeremy Lahar, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, and thank you for pronouncing my name correctly, man. I know it's a weird one. No. Yeah, I, I've been working for HPD for about uh, 10 years now, and I recently promoted to sergeant. Oh, Congratulations. Nice. Congratulations, sergeant. So, Appreciate it. Jeremy, walk us through your journey. Uh, did you stay here in the city to go to school, or you, did you get out of town? Talk, talk to us about your, your path. Yes, sir. Um, like like you stated earlier, I grew up in Studiwood over there for 33rd. Um, went all the way through high school, and then I went to college up in Iowa to a private college and played football. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was on a radio and academic scholarship up there. Uh, came home, um, got my teaching certification, and ended up working at niche elementary yeah, and it was there that I really learned and, and found my, my uh, joy and passion and purpose for working with youth. And, um, I ended up running the after school program with about 200 kids there. And, um, that's where I really, you know, learned from those teachers and found interesting and, and, and fun outside the box ways to connect with kids and teach them different things. Uh, and then from there I went to HP and like I said, been there for about, uh, been there for about the last 10 years and um just promoted uh, out of public affairs back to patrol as a sergeant nice so jeremy is it is it in a person to want to give to a child or is it is it just a learned process i mean is there something special about a child that that will that moved your heart to want to get involved and 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 really help these young men and women uh, better their life and, and and more or less take the, the correct path, if I can say that? Yes, sir. Um, I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, the ages of, like, adolescence and elementary school and middle school are very, very important and pivotal times in kids' lives. And I can speak personally um, from experience growing up in a single-parent household. Um, I didn't really have a lot of positive male figures in the neighborhood in which I grew up, especially not anybody wearing a law enforcement uniform. So um, I feel like God puts it in everybody's heart and on their mind to come up with different ideas. Um, and, it, and it's up to those people to listen to it, whether they're going to follow it and be passionate about it. And I feel like he put it on mine to kind of reach back and, and, you know, like they say, each one, reach one, teach one, go back to the neighborhoods that I grew up in, um, find different ways like the book and, and going and speaking. Um, to, to talk to these kids 
and, and try and help them not to make the mistakes that we made growing up, you know, because I could easily have been on the other side of the law just from growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up in. But, you know, God looked out for me, um, made more good decisions than bad. And I just want to go out there if I can tell a kid, hey, man, there's a hole out there. Don't step in it. Um, I feel like it's our duty to go back and do that. Indeed. Talk about the kids, because when you said that um, you uh, were at the school and, you know, how the kids just, you know, took to you and you took to them. I had a similar experience when I was doing radio in Columbus, Georgia, uh, which I had just went to the boys detention center just to um, they had an after school program. And uh, one of my coworkers, girlfriends worked there and asked me to come and speak to him. And my first time out there, it was just something about those young boys that just drew me in. And I ended up actually um, teaching like a class, uh, just volunteering my time. I never, you know, made it public or anything. It was just something that I um, enjoyed. And what I realized just with their infectious energy, but a lot of those boys in there, just wrong place, wrong time, not getting the attention at home that they, you know, desired. And the common denominator was love and attention. Your compassion, mm-hmm. man. That compassion. Mm-hmm. See, that compassion is, for me, the missing thing that I know we all have as human beings. But for whatever reason, a lot of us, Jeremy, have, have put that compassion, KG, on hold. And it's no longer about giving. It's it's always about us and what somebody can do for us. But the keys, at least for this walk, for me, has been what we give mm-hmm. and what we nurture, what we pour into people. So for yourself, KG and Jeremy, men who have that kind of compassion, I believe, will always get the call to lead, to serve, to write books, to be available, to do mm-hmm. talks, seminars, Whatever is needed, because as he said, reach one, teach one. You got to reach that. That was always our code. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look Mm -hmm. out for the next group coming up behind you as best you can. Um, So, yeah. And so I was saying all that to say, like, just talk about how they made you feel that make you want to continue to help them. If you don't mind, man, I, I, I completely agree with both of you. And it. I had a great opportunity to learn from some amazing teachers and administration over there at that school because me coming, I didn't go to school for education. And, and, you know, I didn't know that that's what God had um, for me. And so when I got in those classrooms, I was way in over my head. But as time passed and as I was given more responsibility of working with these kids, I worked with another gentleman named Dr. Slack. He works for HBC now. And we were both uh, given a responsibility of having a, a classroom full of kindergarten boys all of the boys that were given all of the teachers the, the, the hardest time and having behavior issues and, you know, had issues outside of school. Uh, they put them all in one class and we were tasked with setting that structure for them and giving them that, that, that positive attention and, you know, finding different ways to redirect them um, instead of just yelling at them and punishing them. Because, uh, you know, a lot of folks can, can get to the point where they, they start kind of giving up on those kids. And those are the main ones that you really need to dig in and find a different way to, uh, to reach them and you know like like you said mr smooth when you were up there i think you kind of had the same experience as me as you see yourself in those boys you see yourself in those kids because they come from you know similar backgrounds where they may not have everything but they appreciate everything that they have you know and um you giving them that attention you see how much they appreciate it and you give them that guidance once you 
show them consistency and you're not just coming there to speak and take pictures and leave. Like you're coming back consistently and, and you're there for them and they can depend on you. Man, those kids are run through a wall for you, you know, and and once they see that that's being reciprocated and, 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 and you're being empathetic to some of the things that they may be going through outside of school, man, like it's connection like no other. I can't really explain it. And I, I'm sure that's kind of the experience that you may have had up there in Columbus. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And to hear you talk about, you know, kindergartners, like not they writing off the kindergartners. Like what? what is kindergarten, like five, six years old? Man, they, they were already yeah. writing off that early? Well, I'm not going to say that the, the teachers were writing them off, but, you know, I was one of those kids. I got in trouble the first day of kindergarten because the thing that got me in trouble in school is now what I get paid to do, and that's talk. I talk too much in school, right? And so when you have those kids that have more energy and they, they can't turn their mouths off and they're being a distraction to a teacher that may have 29 kids, and and if they're distracting half of them, you know, they're going to start writing that kid up and, and maybe try and get them sent yeah. to another teacher's class. And then that kid just keeps getting passed over. And who knows what they may be going through outside of school. And, and they may develop that feeling like, hey, you know, people just giving up on me. They don't really want me here. They're just yelling at me. You know, they're just telling me that I'm doing something wrong. Well, it, it, once you find the, the root cause of that, instead of just diagnosing them with something that you can give them medicine for, mm-hmm. you may be able to, to, to connect with them and reach them in a different way. See, here's the system's problem, and this is my beef with the system, is that they continue to want to take the easy way out, i.e., like you said, mm-hmm. give them uh, some medication, and, 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 and they have this one-size-fits-all uh, learning curriculum when every child is not like that. Every child They, they learn differently. So instead of them... Mm-hmm. Doing the work, finding out how this child can uh, comprehend what is being taught to them uh, instead of just, you know, this is it here. Take this test. You, you know what I'm saying? You, do you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? Like if, if they uh, yeah. do the work as an educator to get to know the child and, you know, teach the child based off of how they learn, I don't think that we would be in this predicament, especially when you have educators that really, really, really care, but they can only do so much and go so far because I, I, and, they've got And, and if, I, if, I can, if I can say this, yeah, me being in the schools, I really realize the unrealistic expectations that are placed upon a lot of teachers, mm-hmm. um, specifically the ones that are focused on um, uh, covering those, those topics that are being standardized tested. So, like, you give those teachers unrealistic expectations, and then you have uh, in those those high risk areas those parents that aren't um, involved in in their kids' education and, and reiterating and going over the things that they're being taught in school. They're like, "Hey, I drop you off at eight. I pick you up at four. Um, them teachers need to teach you what they need to teach you, and I'm just gonna make sure you get there on time and I pick you up on time." Well, it, it takes a lot more than that, you know. And the teachers during those parent-teacher conferences, those those parents are coming in like, well, why he ain't doing good and this, that, and other? Well, what have you been doing at home to go over this stuff that he's <laughs> been that struggling part. with? Because I got 30 of them, and he has may have a learning disability. I understand they all learn differently, but the, the pressure that's put on these teachers is crazy. Um, so, you know, I, I empathize with them, but I also agree with you. Um, and, and, and it's hard for them to do it, but they have to find a way to understand that some of these kids are dealing with grown-up problems when they leave the school. Yeah, and, and I just want to make it clear that I'm, I was talking about the system, how they set it yeah. up for the educators, not 
the educator them, themselves. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, the whole yeah, thing yeah. down here in Texas is all backwards. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to HPD Officer Sergeant Jeremy Lahar. Um, his book, Officer mm-hmm. Friendly, is a children's book series that uh, helps combat the negative stigmas of uh, law enforcement, which is uh, which is great. Very, it's been very poignant within the last yeah, I, how many years? <laughs> hey, Jeremy, this is Larry. I uh, I'm a big fan of children's book books. Yes, sir. Tell us about the illustrations because I know you got some pictures, and I know they're bright and colorful. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. I, I love children's books too. That's where I learned. I, I first discovered my love for reading. So the book is definitely going to be encouraging um, childhood literacy. Uh, and the um, the illustrations are actually done by another police officer. He was a detective at the time when we got together and kind of collaborated on on putting this book together. And I was I had a vision, and he he hit it, you know, to the T. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's since retired. He's no longer in law enforcement. He's a full time artist. His name is Stephen Balthazar, and um, you know he he really did a great job of capturing capturing uh, everything that I wanted to uh, make sure I connected with the kids on. That's good, man. Because I, I, you know, my my top class was always coloring. So you know, I, I got straight <laughs> straight A's in coloring, and my granddaughter and I spend as much time as we can with every possible book and color known to God. Um, yes, sir. But it's, yes, it's, sir. It's, it's a passion of mine. It is. It 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 unwinds me in a way. So those you, are, oh, I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like you said, those bright colors are very important when, when trying to connect with these, these young kids because my target audience is kindergarten to third grade. Mm-hmm. So those those bright, vivid colors are very important. And within this is the first book in the series of books, but within every book there's going to be um, kind of a reader participation element incorporated in the book. So if a, a teacher is reading in the classroom, um, like in this particular one, you can get the kids involved and have them repeat something when, when they're trying to learn when it's uh, appropriate to call 911 and when not to. Okay. Um, and the next one's going to be on gun safety, and it's going to have them do something when reading it as well. So like you said, all kids learn differently, um, auditory, kinesthetic, and visually. So it's important to incorporate all three of those within the book so that you can really drive those points home and connect with them. What was it that happened uh, or the experience that inspired you to come up with the Officer Friendly uh, book series, children's book series? Yes, sir. It it just a couple of things. One, I I firmly believe that God puts ideas in everybody's heads and it's up to you to to act on them and not assume that, you know, you have time to put it off and that nobody else is. I feel like each individual uh individual idea comes to each one of us and he put this in my head and it just got louder and louder to the point where i couldn't ignore it and i was reminded of it uh, when i was trying to read to my kids and and you know i realized that there was really no books in this lane and in this lane i mean like no minority representation in law enforcement in a positive way in the children's book um uh in this lane like something that's going to teach kids not to be afraid of the police like i was growing up in the neighborhood that i grew up in um, and also, um, the last thing that really kind of drove it home and made me realize, you know what, let me go ahead and try and put this together and, and create something 
to connect with kids was you ever, you ever see those officers working security at like Kroger or, or different uh, yes, stores? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I, I when I was an officer, I was working at a store, and I would always have parents walking in with their kids. And I may have just got off work, and, you know, they, they patience was short or gone all the way. Mm-hmm. And when they run in, with the, they come in with the kids, and the kid not listening, they'll point to me and be like, hey, if you don't listen, he's going to take you to jail. Mm-hmm. And the kid would get scared, and I, I would pull the parent to the side in the most respectful way possible and be like, hey, please don't do that, you know, because – you're, you're, you're planting a seed, a negative seed that's going to grow with this kid. And if you walk over there on aisle three and slip on a jar of pickles and bust your head, that kid's going to be scared to come over here and tell me that you need help. I need you to, you know, let them know that I'm here to help them. Um, so that's, that's, those three things are really uh, what kind of what my motivation in creating the book. Hmm. How do you think we got here um, as to where we have to have books like Officer Friendly to know how to interact <laughs> with law enforcement. Because when I was growing up, you know, the, there was a couple of officers that lived in the neighborhood that, you know, well, I well, saw. Here's what's crazy to your point, KG. Um, when I came up, there was always an officer friendly, except he was of a mm-hmm. lighter hue. Mm-hmm. There was always mm-hmm. officer friendly who was at the at the bus stop, he was at the stop sign, uh, he was at the grocery store, he was always there, but he didn't look like me. There was always mm-hmm. officer friendly, even mm-hmm. in the coloring books. Uh, it, mm-hmm. they, the, the hair was designed to where it w- would have had to have been a, a, a blonder color, the, mm-hmm. the way the hair flowed in the book. There was no curly mm-hmm. hair officer. So, uh, you know, it, what, what, what Sergeant Jeremy's doing is putting the the darker hue in place um yeah, it, I, 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 i'm i'm not saying that it you know it and that could be in difference in a generation um mm-hmm. but i don't recall they're not being yeah i i, I there's we yeah. there've been zillions of offer officer friendlies we just don't hear about them cuz yeah, they ain't exciting Mm-hmm. They're true. doing it. There's some officers, Jeremy. Help, help me. There, there's some HPD. Well, let me not just say HPD. There's some law enforcement men and women who've never had to fire their gun in a situation. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. That, on that on the forces for years mm-hmm. because they 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 haven't either had that experience or they've always done their job to where they were able to communicate with whatever was going on to descale it turn it down bring bring the temperature down if you will um to where we could have some honest open communication on whatever the situation is or was especially with domestic violence or that that call that i know you got several times at three or four five o'clock in the morning uh Mm -hmm. because he caught her with somebody and this that and the third the scenarios are crazy g but what i love about this is that for this generation Mm -hmm. We're getting a chance to see it, and we're seeing it digitally, and we get mm-hmm. a chance to see it in hardcover, and there's a series coming out. Uh, to your honor, uh, Sergeant, I, I just I think this is just excellent, man, and I'm glad that you and your team are filling this void that is obviously uh, needed. Yeah, and where where can we get the book? Where can where where can people order that thing? Yes, sir. Um, you can get it uh, on my website at jeremylayhard.com. There will be a link for you to 
click it and go ahead and purchase the book there. Um, and then you can get it at the book release this Saturday in person. You can get you a signed copy and uh, meet the author and the illustrator in person, take some pictures, bring your kids. Um, and we'll be at Dax, uh, located at 7333 West Sam Houston Parkway South. Uh, and um, it's from 1 to 3 p.m. And, you know, some people are going to be, oh, I got to find a babysitter. No, you don't. Bring your kids. Because mm-hmm. it's a kid's book. And we're going to, uh, thanks to our generous sponsors from Dax and Igloo, we're going to have face painting, balloons, and a raffle for prizes. And um, if I can say one more thing, sure. I, I know you, you guys kind of referenced the uh, the officer-friendly thing going on in the past. And you, you're, you're absolutely correct. That was a program that was put in place uh, with, like you said, officers of a lighter hue to go to these these um neighborhoods and try and improve on that relationship and i was fully aware of that but like i said i I tried to find a lane that had hadn't been tapped into and that was um a book series that had a minority protagonist Mm -hmm. um, and and gave kids an opportunity to identify uh with with positive representation within law enforcement and that's 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 what i really love about this book and that's what excites me the most about getting it in front of as many kids as possible so that I can get that power. You know, kids going to give you that, that, that straight, no chaser feedback. <laughs> um, and they're going to let you know if they like it or not. And I've just been getting a lot of positive feedback, so it's really encouraging um, moving forward. Indeed. So uh, log on to, the, on to the site, jeremylahard.com. Um, and it, we forgot to mention that you've got the Houston Prestige Project, your, uh, your nonprofit, um, which helps, focuses on mentoring uh, through engagement, empowering, and developing these uh, teen boys, man, you are a superhero he's, he's, on the front line. He's yeah, that guy doing his thing, and and all that means KG will have to have him back. Yeah, we just we, <laughs> we, we gotta have you back. That's <laughs> our time, man. Back in, man. Sergeant <laughs> Jeremy Hard, thank you so much for your time. The book Officer Friendly uh, will be available. Log on to the website Jeremy Lahar. That's Jeremy L A H A R dot com. Man, we appreciate you, G. Yes, sir. Thank both of you all. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. For everyone listening to the podcast, we'll be right back after this.